fight. This is what you want, you fight for it. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's what gave me strength. I fight for every role. I fight for every blessing. I, I fight and I'm willing to do the work. And I fight because I haven't really had many people here to fight for me. What's popping? What's popping? What's popping? First off, before we get into the conversation, I want to define fighting. What is the concept of fighting? What is the real meaning of fighting? I think personally fighting is defending yourself. Defending yourself. Continuing to strive for greatness to be better. Fighting is not giving up. Fighting is keep going. Fighting is being resilient at the things that you're trying to achieve. Keep fighting. I know the way the economy is set up right now and the trajectory for the country that we live in looks crazy. People are getting laid off at their companies. People are fearful of artificial intelligence. But you got to keep fighting for what you want. Because if you don't fight, somebody else will fight and they will obtain it. Hey, man, you could be anywhere in the world. But you here with the kid. Let's get to it. What's good? What's good, man? I hope y'all enjoying y'all day. I titled the podcast Real Estate of Mind because I want to talk about some real estate topics. As you know, I met my wife in real estate class when I was going to get licensed to become a realtor. And I feel as if I'm educated in real estate. I feel as if I can assist people and I can help people further achieve their dreams, their financial success. You know, 75% of the people that's what we would consider to be financially stable. I don't want to use the word rich. Financially stable, obtain their wealth through real estate. So that's going to be one of the topics, but it's going to be at the end of the podcast because I want you to stay to get the information. At the beginning of the podcast, we're going to discuss Ice Cube versus Notorious Big. I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it because my perspective about Big and Pac has changed and everything evolves as time goes on. Everything evolves and everything changes. So we're going to discuss that. I want to discuss my top five disc records of all time and not disrespectful, but most impactful disc records of all time. I got to do another book review because at the end of the day, knowledge is power and I want to be a value to the people that watches my channel. I want to be a value to y'all, man. I want to assist y'all. I want to uh, help continue to move the culture forward. 
and i'm very appreciative of everybody that is subscribed to this channel everybody that contributes sharing the show who leaves comments in the comment section to further the discussion we had our biggest week last week uh on this channel with six thousand views two pieces of the merch got purchased and we just continue to move forward man real talk we just continue to move forward but i'm gonna start the podcast off i'm gonna shut up for a moment i'm gonna start the podcast off with what tony yayo had to say on the drink champs when he jumped up on that drink champs for four and a half hours and had a great conversation with nori and effing i enjoyed that episode i didn't watch the whole four and a half hours but i was you know what i mean somebody put the uh the thing in the youtube what is it where you click on it and and you see what part of the section you want to go to uh i clicked on it and i was going to sections i wanted to and i want to say that tony yayo is a very underrated artist i really like tony yayo's personality him being loyal uh with 50 cent and talking about his loyalty and why he is who he is and why he does the things that he does and he had that conversation with effing and it got heated and i really really enjoyed it who's your favorite rapper of all time nori ain't gonna answer this who's your of all time all time it's gonna be ice cube i'm gonna go with biggie okay ice cube over biggie yeah yeah, I, I was born in LA. Not even. I was born in LA. What are you raised in Miami? Uh, yeah, it's offensive. It's crazy, bro. Nigga said Ice Cube. In my top five is Big L. So you would say Biggie got Ice Cube got better verses than Biggie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Today's agenda had the suitcase up in the central. Big, Biggie's Go in to my top five. Biggie's in my top five. My man, you create the no Vaseline. Obliterate so that. Obliterate you that. Said, so you saying Ice that's Cube. significant as an album? Hold on. That's significant as an this album. Why I hate this industry. Shit. Hold on. <laughs> so you saying it's you telling me Ice Cube is a better storyteller? Storyteller, story Biggie, lyricist. You fucking bugging. Yeah, but Biggie's one of the best. You lost your fucking mind. But Biggie's one of the best. Big Ice Cube is better than Biggie with storytelling. As a totality, yes. you fucking fucking nigga. You lost your fucking mind. I lost it. From from what? Today's agenda to I got a story man, to tell. Big, from nigga where was talking about from? fucking bitches and they men pull up and all that. New, you saying? Don't get me wrong. Ice Cube is fire. Are you serious? Storytelling. Are you serious? N.W.A. Biggie? That's significant. America's most wanted. You're bugging. Kill at will. No. Are you serious? The best story. Look, are you serious, bro? The best, are you serious? Yes, I am. No, you're not. The best storytellers no, are Biggie. No, you're not. And Slick Rick, nigga. The best storyteller. <laughs> oh man. The Trevor Jackson podcast. I like the heated discussion, man. It was a crazy discussion, and what caught my attention was storytelling. The best storyteller between the two. Hmm. To me, you can't you can't uh, put these two between each other in storytelling because it's a disadvantage for Notorious Big. 
the whole conversation is a disadvantage for Notorious Big because Notorious Big only released one album legitimately in his lifetime. And with that being said, New York artists are very passionate about Big. They love Big, man. Big can't do no wrong uh, to New York individuals. He can't do no wrong. But before Big ever even put out a record, Ice Cube had five classic albums out. He wrote majority of the NWA uh, albums, except for probably the parts that Ren wrote. He wrote his own albums. He bridged the East Coast with the West Coast with production. We can't forget about West West Coast Connection or West Side Connection, whatever they call it, Mac 10 and Dub C. We can't forget about the soundtracks that he created from Friday to all about the Benjamin soundtrack to the multiple soundtracks. We can't forget and we can't like discredit his contributions because some people are not old enough to understand it or they're not competent enough to understand it. Ice Cube was a phenomenal storyteller. Some of the most legendary songs Ice Cube wrote we, the Death Certificate, The Predator, his own individual efforts, man. It's, 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 it's a long list of things. So in all reality, this is not fire to Biggie Smalls. Now, if you're too young, if you grew up in the 90s on to now, if you grew up 89 under, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But if you're a 90s baby, you won't understand what I'm talking about. And I'm going to say something else, too, about some artists that contributed to the culture who don't get their uh, appreciation or their first shot. I was pouring up. Y'all, if y'all heard that on the podcast, the audio version, you can see it on the visual. But this farmer's market wine from uh, Sonoma County, California. You know, that's most of the time what I'm drinking. It. Good Cali Red. But before I further the discussion and play Cube's response to that argument, I'm going to say that uh, LL Cool J don't get the credit he deserves because he's old to some people. And they're not going to give him the credit he deserves. LL Cool J should be a top 10 rapper for his contribution to the culture. Ja Rule. 50 Cent came and blew him out the water. But musically and his contribution to the culture, Ja Rule is up there, man. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but I, I know the bodies of work, the, the records, the number one hit records. That he created. He's up there. Uh, Wale. To me personally. He's the most underrated rapper of all time. But Ice Cube. This. this, this That conversation. It brought me to a place. To where I realized that. I spoke at the beginning of the podcast. About fighting. Evolving. Things changing. As the culture evolves. As the culture evolves, people tend to forget about the past. Real talk. But let's hear Cube's response, though. He went on what's DJ Who Kids uh, channel 
or DJ Who Kids radio show. That's Eminem and 50 Cent DJ. And he talked about the conversation that was had on Drink Champs. You and Biggie Smalls. It's it's subjective. You know, everybody got their favorites. Uh, you know, I put my stories up against anybody. Um, and, you know, I I have a a bigger s- sample size. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody's going to have a different opinion. You know what I mean? I love Biggie. I'm a fan of Biggie. So I, mean, I your, think your, your, your body story. of work and you're like the DNA of hip hop. Biggie's also the DNA of hip hop. But you have a body of work which sur- 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 surpassed like years of like us growing up with you and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've, uh, I mean, it's unfortunate. I got, I got, you know, I got, I got, you know, I've wrote records for Easy and NWA. And look, if we talk about storytelling, we just talk about rhyming because I write movies too. So I'm a <laughs> hell of a storyteller. You know, what I mean, I could tell a damn story. You know, so. <laughs> Are we just talking about rap? Because that's that's only a portion of what I do. And it was a heated interview. Like, they were arguing. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Ice Cube is fire. Are you serious? NWA? That's significant? America's Most Wanted? You're bugging. Kill at Will? Look, Are you serious? Bro, the Are you serious? Yes, I am. Oh, they was good. You know, <laughs> I mean, to be in that, look, to be in that conversation, I'm winning already. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like the the Jordan and, and LeBron and Kobe arguments that everybody have. Like, if you're just in that conversation, mm. you know you did your thing. Humbly speaking, humbly speaking, I appreciate that him being humble about it because it's a, a man that has passed away who's he is being compared to. A man that's not here no more. So by him being not here no more, uh, it, it, he shouldn't feel like he need to disrespect or put himself on a pedestal or whatever. Just being in the comparison is great. But Cube, no, that's why he ain't tripping. When people don't trip or respond in a crazy way, they already know their place to me storytelling that's what i'm gonna I'm end it off with this and i'm gonna uh, continue on with something that was that was profound that was said in that interview but to end it off with this the best storyteller of all time to me is slick rick to me number two it's, it's close because it's in between Nas and and uh, Ice Cube. It's in between Nas and Ice Cube. Then I got to throw eight ball in there. Don't sleep on Big Ball. Big Ball got a story to tell. Me and my homeboy's girlfriend. It's just, it's a lot of artists that came and we'll forget about some. And then some, sometimes we'll have to be... Uh, informed so we can remember what they stood for and what they did and their contributions to the culture because man it comes to a point to where we we loaded with so much information and entertainment that we don't appreciate nothing at all no more man we don't appreciate it we only appreciate it when it's in our presence two weeks after it's gone it's gone but what stood out to me i need y'all in the comment section on this i need y'all bad Cube said this and it caught my attention And I wrote my list down 
right after I heard this. I want you to write your list down and put it in the comment section. Uh, uh, you know, I read this uh, this lineup the other day with the best disc records. You were like number three. I think hit them up. Three? Was, yeah, I was like, what? No Vaseline? Number three. No, no Vaseline was number three. Even though it was a who's, random. Who's number one, man? Uh, Tupac hit him up. Come on, man. And, uh, how's, Tupac, <laughs> how's Tupac number one when he needed help on that record? Me? <laughs> me? No Vaseline. <laughs> One MC, you would have hit. I took two? out who? Ether Nas. Nah, man. <laughs> I love Nas, but it's not. One motherfucker, me, took out four, four niggas and the manager. Wow. I mean, damn. <laughs> you got to give me credit for that. Group was over. <laughs> I don't know if they made another record after that. So, uh, <laughs> nah, man. Sorry. I'm going to take y'all to school for a minute, man. I got to take y'all to school just like Cube took y'all to school by informing y'all about how impactful his diss record was. Some people will probably think that he was dissing Tupac by saying, nah, he needed help on that record. What he meant by that is that a diss record who had features on it. How can it? It might have sound the best. It might have been the grooviest to you and you might have felt it the most. But you got we got to watch our words when we when we talking and got to understand what's being said because most impactful this record of all time. So that means how did it hinder people? I love hit him up. Don't get it twisted. He, he killed Biggie on that, but did it kill Biggie's career? No. Now that no Vaseline that cube dropped. He said, did they drop another record after that NWA? As a group, because he that's who he dissed. He didn't diss the individuals. He dissed the group and the manager. So it dismantled the, the group. It took the credibility away from him. And some people say that Ice Cube ain't no real banger from L.A. He ain't no real street dude. But then they'll praise Gunna about his music capabilities right now. And he's a rat. It, it don't make no sense to me. At the end of the day, I just appreciate people's talent now. I'm not judging individuals based on what they done did in the past and this and all of that. It's, it is what it is, man. And I just appreciate it in this moment. So I'm going to tell y'all my top five most impactful records. And I'm going to tell you why. Number one, 50 Cent Wankster. It got to be 50 Cent Wankster. Ja Rule career was it was hurt after that man he went from being him and Nelly and who else was the hottest in the game Jay-Z DMX but Ja Rule was dropping the records with Ashanti and uh, J-Lo and all of them individuals fire fire records back to back to back and um when 50 Cent dropped that wine, it was over. That's the most impactful diss record of all time to me. Ice Cube, No Vaseline. That's, that's number two for me. We heard him. Number three, y'all might be surprised by this. It's Young Dolph. Play with your B. That record was so disrespectful and so impactful to the 
career and to his life that I don't look at Yo Gotti the same and I don't think a lot of other individuals look at him the same. He's doing well with being a CEO and ushering in artists to the hip-hop culture. But musically, I can't take it serious no more. I really can't. It's, it's over. After that play with your B, 100 shots, all of that, it's over. Number four, Tupac hit him up. It had a big impact on the culture, and it still get bumped today. People still rapping off of that beat. The disrespect, talking about having sex with Big's girl and all of that type of disrespect. It it made me look at Biggie and Bad Boy and the whole East Coast differently. So by doing that, it had an impact, a dope impact. Nas Ether is number five for me. Jay-Z is still on the stratosphere. He got the Book of Hove out right now. And they're doing the, the library and stuff in Brooklyn for him, celebrating them. But he was ex- ascending to a whole nother level until Nas dropped that ether and brought him back down to reality. He still made the boss moves and all of that. But rap wise, it brought him back down to reality. And that beef made Jay-Z write the best album of his whole career to me, the blueprint. But that's my topic of discussion on that topic, man. And we're going to continue to move forward in the podcast, man. But first, I'm going to play my song of the week. We're going to ride after that. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about this book and this real estate. man. That's what we're going to do. Let's get it. Picture that. A black man learning to love himself. <laughs> wow. Wow. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. My highs, lows, my dark lights. Couple of hoes, but no love, life. I'm ashamed of the person that I'm becoming. See, mind racing, too tired to chase a woman. Yeah. How could you ever love me? My attention is never yours, it's never on me. And I respect you, of course. I hate to see you cry. But I'm the reason why I'm starting. I'm jackal, I'm high. I can't even lie. Everybody want that crazy love until they find a crazy one. Yesterday in your face a lie I ain't saying nothing I'm drinking more than think less is true Look to become a crutch, can't stand next to you No, self-loathing is my addiction amongst Other things I don't mention Cause you be itching to judge It's love It's overrated and underrated Because it seemed like a placebo when it be done I see myself on the TV, I'm unimpressed You think you love me, but I don't love me up Hold up uh, Because it seem like a placebo when it be done I see myself on the TV, I'm unimpressed You think you love me, but I don't love me enough wow, wow, wow. Believe. Yeah. 
Jackson podcast. Yeah, we're gonna get into this book review right quick, man. It's a book that I purchased recently on the Audible app. I didn't get the um, hard copy or the paperback book, but I did see it in Barnes and Noble, and I didn't want to purchase it because I had a couple of credits in Audible, so I just got the audio version, and it's called. The status game. We all play it. We know nothing about it when we're born. Status. What is status to you? Now, I'm going to read the definition of it, but first, I'm going to talk about what I think status is. Status is obtaining something that puts me at a position in life that makes me feel as if that position makes me feel good or bad about myself or the things I've obtained or the things that I have achieved some folks will have a Mercedes Benz and another person will have a Toyota Camry and uh, the person with the Benz will perceive that they're in a better status of life than the other one another person might pour concrete work in a warehouse do physical hard labor drive a a a trash truck and might be a millionaire and the other person wears a suit he works in the the comfortable air conditioner eating snacks all day At his desk, chilling, just answering the phone, playing with his phone all day. And he'll perceive that his status is better than the man that is pouring concrete. Health. The way that you perceive the way that you look is a status thing. If you're out of shape, you don't feel good about your status because you're not where you're at or where you want to be. If you're in shape, you're happy about your status because you look at yourself in the mirror and you're where you want to be. The status game. The definition of status. The relative social, professional, or other standings of someone or something. An improvement in the status of women. That's an adjective. High rank or social standing. The official classification given to a person country or organization determining their rights or responsibilities america is the most powerful country in the world that's a status statement but is it a reality is the things that you perceive status a reality the book good as we grow into adults that system that game gains enormous power to shape who we become. We mould ourselves to its rules and symbols. As we move through our days, our identity shifts depending on which game we happen to be playing. We can be an architect at work, a mother at home, a campaigner online, an authority on Charlotte Bronte in the book group, and a restorer of rocket launchers in the shed. And in each case, we can hope to feel good at these roles, competent, better than him and her, and getting better still. Our sense of self attaches to each game. 
an alien funnel implanting itself into an organism of many and sucking out what it needs. Our individuality merges with the game and becomes blurred, our moral behaviour and perception of reality deranging itself in its service. This is what our adult identity adds up to. We are the sum of the games we play. (laughs) We are the sum of the games that we play. Okay. You make a post on social media. It gets seven likes. Now you perceive that nobody like what I'm saying, man. But what you could be saying could be valid. It could be have a point. You make another post. They get a thousand likes. People are agreeing with what you say. <laughs> they agree with what you say. Now you make another post just like that because now you want that status. It get 10 likes. Now you don't, you confused. But in our reality, you just doing you. We are the sum of the games that we play. We are the sum of the games that we play. So if we are that, then what we give attention to, that's who we are. And we attempt to be successful to obtain status in this world. Okay. That goes with religion and church. People go to church consistently so they could be a deacon. uh, They move up, up alone so they can obtain status. And they want to be of status in the eyes of God. I am a I'm doing these things because I want you to perceive me as a good person. When in our reality, the person that's just being them could be a good person without even trying. Let's get into the second part of this book, this skit. It's a little lengthy this time, but it's cool. We just cooler. Let's do it. In the early years of childhood, our status striving often takes the form of dominance as we demand what we want and, when thwarted, attempt to force our will with tears, tantrums and teeth. It's in adolescence that we begin to play adult games. We leave the hierarchy of the family for the contests of the outside world. This is our time of joining. At least in the developed world, the games we join in adolescence usually take the form of a clique or peer group, a set of people with whom we can comfortably play. This begins to happen in adolescence, partly as a result of alterations to a region of the brain that makes us more sensitive to the judgments of others. We start to desire the reward of social approval and dread rejection. This sudden sensitivity to reputation makes teenagers highly prone to self-consciousness and embarrassment. Between the ages of 11 and 14, writes neuroscientist Professor Sarah Jane Blakemore, They become increasingly aware that others have the capacity to evaluate them and as a result may overestimate the extent to which this actually occurs. As their brains continue to change, they begin to feel the presence of an imaginary audience of others, constantly watching and judging them, a feeling that remains quite high even in adulthood. Unlike younger people, 
Teenagers are likely to take the evaluations of their peers to be a true indication of their self-worth, or lack of it. As their self-esteem shifts from being based on how they feel in the moment to how they imagine their peers are evaluating them, they begin to crave their approval. Their chase for status can become all-consuming. By the time we are 13, writes psychologist Professor Mitch Prinstein, it seems as if there is nothing more important to us than this type of popularity. We talk about who has it. We strategize how to get it. We are devastated when we lose it. We even do things we know are wrong, immoral, illegal or dangerous merely to obtain status or to fiercely defend it. <laughs> I think that sums it up for itself, man, because when he said desire social approval, we desire it, we crave it, we want to be approved by others. When I lost that uh, in my life and I stopped caring about what people think about me, my life started to change and started to elevate because what other thinkers think what others think about you is what they think about you. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change anything unless they want to be of service to you and help you elevate and help you continue to elevate. But you got to appreciate yourself first. And other people won't have no choice but to appreciate you because you value yourself and it's glowing and showing. It's, it's vibrating off of you. So status, man, you got to be careful when you are doing things to achieve status. When you asserting yourself to achieve status. This is this book has helped me change my perspective a lot when it comes to social media and giving my time to people who are uh, actually not even knowing that they are abusing my time and their own time because they could be doing something better with their time. Moving along in the podcast, though. Moving along. <laughs> and we about to get gone. Another one of these five records that I was jamming to this week, man. We're going to finish it off with the real estate of mine, man. We up at this thing. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Go check out the merch. Uh, share the show. Subscribe to the channel. Let's get to it, man. Let's keep this thing moving forward. Let's do it. i just like to say that uh, if you come close.
fire, fire record. Classic Man, man. I think that when he released Classic Man, it was such a big hit that people didn't want to hear no more of him, man. He he dropping heat. I listened to that whole album and listened to a lot of his catalog. And I was like, man, why they don't highlight this man no more? It's crazy. A lot of artists, it's a lot of talented people out here in this world, man, that we just don't, we don't hear about no more. Real talk. I want to apologize for something uh, before I finish this podcast off. This episode won't be mastered, man. I won't be able to digitally master it because I ran out of space on my memory card on my Rodecaster Pro. But I think the quality of the audio is going to be fine. So if it lacks quality, just tell me, man. I appreciate y'all for checking out the show regardless. The next episodes, man, the quality is going to be up to par. But moving along, we're going to get to the topic of real estate of mine and real estate in this country. And what I want to talk about about this is like. I want to talk about a few terms, escheat, eminent domain, and I want to speak a little bit about capital gains tax and what those things mean. And I want to talk about real estate as a way to wealth in this country and the percentage of this country that used real estate to become wealthy and the climate of it right now. And interest rates are high. (laughs) People aren't purchasing homes as much as they was during COVID and the pandemic. But I still think that real estate is a good investment to get into right now, even though the interest rates aren't as low as they were. They are the same as they always have been. They're just not as low as they were. So if you didn't take advantage of that time, You need to take advantage of it now because the interest rates might go higher than they ever been. Like the prices of homes are higher than they ever been. I remember just five years ago, a little bit before COVID, yeah, 2018, 2017, 2018, the average price for a home was like two, where I'm at, I'm in Charlotte. It was like 275, 325. Where I'm from in Tennessee, it was like 175, 250. Now, all across America, a half a ticket is the average price for a home. A half a ticket, if y'all don't understand that, I know I'm speaking slang right now, but it's a half a million dollars. But I want to play some audio from this guy, Booker T, who I listen to. He's out of Georgia, he's an investor. And he said some things that was intriguing to me, and I'm going to combat it and talk a little bit more and talk about SG eminent domain and uh, capital gains tax. Let's go. Real estate in any metro area market, the average home price is half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. The person has to be making well over $100,000 a year to be able to afford that home. But 75% of people don't make over $100,000. So what does that tell you? The biggest amount of people are living in an area or can't afford home ownership. The biggest way to wealth for anybody, and ask anybody that got money, 
they own some form of real estate. I don't care if it's land, I don't care if it's a mobile home park, I don't care if it's uh, their mama's house. Whatever it is, they own some form of real estate in order to achieve that wealth. And that's a fact. That's a big old fact. First topic I want to talk about is escheat. Escheat is a revert of interest of land. That means it reverts back to its original owner. But this don't revert back to its original owner. This form, this term and this form of real estate reverts to this. It's the reversion of interest to the state because you died without a will. You died without hairs. You died without giving the the real estate to someone else. You died without it. So the property is cheated to the state. So I'm saying that because a lot of people in the community, the black community, we don't uh, perceive that we're going to die and none of that type of stuff. We don't have a will ready. I don't have one right now, but I'm married though. Um, I'm married. So me being married is going to go to my wife and my wife has a will. So write out your will, man, if you own a piece of property and, and who you're going to give that property to, because you don't want the state to get it back. You don't want the state to get it back. And then they just going to make prop the state make money off of you after you done been paying them all these years, taxes and all of that. You want them to make money off of you. You you wild and big dog. Real talk. So let's get into eminent domain. The right of a government or its agent to expropriate private property for public use with payment of compensation. That's that's powerful. That's powerful. What does that sound like that mean to y'all? Now, they can pay you for it. They're going to pay you for it, eminent domain. But the government, the state, who else they say? The process by which the government may seize private property with proper compensation, but without the owner of the property's consent for public use. Whoo! That mean that home you live on. That mean you don't own nothing. You don't own nothing. But what's good about that though is that you'll make some money because they have to pay you to get you up out of there. But that means you don't own nothing. It tripped me out when people say, I own my home. I'm a homeowner. I'm this, I'm that. If man, if the government want to take your property and put a library right there, your property gone, dog. They're going to they're gonna compensate you accurately according to the worth of your property. But you got to go. But the reason I'm speaking on these things is because, like, all people just need to get involved. In these transactions, period. Period. When black people was living in these communities, they didn't know that them houses were dirt cheap and were going to become 
very, very wealthy houses, meaning that uh, the Europeans had a 20-year plan, which they always do on black people. It's 20 years. They plan out 20 years, 30 years from you. You don't even know what they're going to do. That's what they had planned. So while we was running around selling crack, shooting up, making these houses crack houses and not paying attention, and them houses was $6 a piece then, they cost a half a million dollars because they then took and pushed all the black people out in them houses and communities they used to live in because they don't want to commute to downtown anymore. Proximity. Proximity, because the downtowns of every city in America are back. They, suburbs is over. The suburbs is over. So now black people <laughs> is out there in these suburbs like, man, I got a mansion. I'm renting a mansion for $700 or six fifty, and I got six bedrooms. I got a pool. They don't even know this is about and, to be the but, hood. And you got to drive. You got to get expensive gas. You got to pay car insurance. Meanwhile, rich folks is like, you know what? Ride my I'm about bike to, ride to my, I'm about to skateboard across the street. Me and wifey just came from downtown today. And I noticed, I was like, man, look at all of these breweries. Look at all of this, uh, these, this fine dining. This this golf, top golf, this this new modern stuff going on downtown. These this uh <laughs> everything is downtown. And not even 30 seconds away was where the projects were. And they building up five hundred thousand dollar twelve hundred square feet condo. Get involved, man, before it be too late and you be renting for life. You don't want to do that. You want some form of ownership. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. I hope y'all got something from this podcast. I'm only here for inspiration, not your entertainment. I hope that you are entertained, though. <laughs> and I hope you'll come back for another episode. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you was here with the boy. Peace, love, plenty of abundance. Make sure you go get you some money and I'm out. Detroit Jackson Podcast.